So where are we where are we putting him on like a scale of zero percent toxic to Achilles? Is Achilles really toxic? Sam, it's been a while since just, I listened to that. Sam, you just outed yourself as not listening to the pod. <laughs> Welcome to All My Friends Are English Majors, the podcast where I, a business major, make my friends, all English majors, read popular fiction with me. It's hateful co-worker month, um, which is perfect because I have my boyfriend Sam on for the month and we were hateful co-workers at Cerner. We were. We didn't hate each other, but we did hate the company. Yeah, that's true. Sam and I actually never once spoke to each other while we were working at Cerner. Um... Certainly not on on public channels. We also did not work anywhere near each other, so that was real oversell. Sam is also not a English major, so sorry for the, the false intro. He is a, forgive me everyone, a man in STEM, but he is reading silly little romances with me, so I think you all can forgive me. Um... This was not supposed to be our first book. We were supposed to read The Hating Game. We did read The Hating Game. We did record an episode on it, and it was garbage, and we're not putting it out. So we are moving on to The Love Hypothesis, and we put a moratorium on talking about the book, and that is so brave of us. We did not talk about it beforehand, so we would like a pat on the back for that. Yeah, the big problem with The Hating Game was we talk to each other about it for like a week before we recorded the podcast and then we didn't really have anything new to say about it we hadn't we had truly nothing new to say about it it was really bad and you could tell that we had been like talking about it and talking about it and then like trying to regurgitate the same thoughts but that will not be an issue with any of my other guests because i just i don't spend as much time with any of my other guests as i do with sam so that should be fine. Okay. Do we want to get into the book? I think we should. Okay. So we'll start by reading the back. I am scrolling to the back of my illegal PDF that I stole. So I can find... Oh, never mind. It's not there. I'm going to Libby on my phone. I love to have dead air on the pod. It's my favorite thing. <laughs> And the book is The Love Hypothesis by Allie Hazelwood. I think it's her first book. It is, but she has definitely written a lot of fan fiction before this. Okay, here we go, guys. The instant New York Times bestseller and TikTok sensation, as seen on The View, a BuzzFeed best summer read of 2021. When a fake relationship between scientists meets the irresistible force of attraction, it throws one woman's carefully calculated theories on love into chaos. As a third-year PhD candidate, Olive Smith doesn't believe in lasting romantic relationships, but her best friend does, and that's what got her into this situation. Convincing Ann that Olive is dating and well on her way to a happily ever after was always going to take more than hand-wavy Jedi mind tricks. Scientists require proof, so, like any self-respecting biologist, Olive panics and kisses the first man she sees. That man is none other than Adam Carlson, a young hotshot professor and well-known ass. 
Which is why Olive is positively floored when Stanford's reigning lab tyrant agrees to keep her charade a secret and be her fake boyfriend. But when a big science conference goes haywire, putting Olive's career on the Bunsen burner, Adam surprises her again with his unyielding support and even more unyielding six-pack abs. Suddenly, their little experiment feels dangerously close to combustion, and Olive discovers that the only thing more complicated than a hypothesis on love is putting her own heart under the microscope. Damn, that's the whole book. That's a terrible back cover. I mean, it's there's not a whole lot in this book that's, like, unexpected. You, you get a pretty good idea of where things are going to go. I think that the back cover is pretty accurate in terms of, like, <clears throat> if you read that, and you think that it sounds good, you're probably going to enjoy the book. That's fair. I guess it kind of feels like a Netflix trailer where, like, I don't have to watch the movie now. Yeah. Because they they hit all the notes. The six-pack abs thing is a fucking crazy thing to put on your back cover also. That's just a little too horny for something that is so mainstream. I don't know. I It's kind of a horny book. I've read hornier. I don't think I have. Well, yeah, that makes sense. Sorry that they're not really putting smut in Dune, Emperor, God, King, or whatever it's called. Uh, God Did I Emperor. get it right? No, it is God, Emperor of Dune. That's the, <laughs> that's the fourth one. The book after that one, they do start putting smut in, but it's Frank Herbert's... The way Frank Herbert writes sex is so crazy. This is really off topic, but <laughs> we'll get to Dune later on in the podcast. Uh, maybe uh-huh. in a few weeks. Yeah. Okay, Sam, do you want to give us your two-minute summary? Yeah, okay. So, Olive is a PhD student at Stanford for biology. She has broken up with a boy that she wasn't that into, and her best friend is really into that boy. And Olive is like, well, I I want her to really understand that like I have moved on. So she she starts fake dating a professor in the same department, Adam Carlson. And, uh, you know, it's pretty classic fake dating where turns out he has been in love with her the entire time. And she is like realizing that she has feelings for him. Um, so, you know, they, they do all the fake dating. They kind of lie to each other about being into each other for real. Um, and then they eventually go to a conference in Boston and they have to share a room because it's the only thing. It's the only thing that makes sense financially and also, like, keeps the plot of the fake dating. Uh, a nice little twist here. There are two beds. There's more than one bed. But. How many get used, babe? They only use one. They only use one. They have sex. Uh, after that, the guy that has kind of been offering all of, like, the next step forward in her career, like, sexually harasses Olive. Uh, she gets it on recording, uh, mostly through luck. And then there's kind of a confrontation with him and Adam. Um, and then that guy, Tom Benton, is kind of held accountable. I mean, he is held accountable. He's, you know, he, he has a Title IX case brought against him. I think, I don't remember exactly what happens, but I'm pretty sure he, like, loses his job. And, uh, and then it's kind of like a happily ever after ending uh, Olive and Adam are seen like a year later and everything's going good. The only thing you missed, I think, is the inciting in- incident, which is that the reason they start fake dating is Olive has lied 
and told on she has a date, but really she's just going to the lab. And then on goes to the lab. And so Olive like throws herself against the first pairs of pair of lips she can find, which is Adam. So like we start the book. Like the first paragraph is them is Olive's internal monologue while she's kissing him, being like, Oh shit, oh fuck, oh shit. Like that is how the book starts. So them kissing on the front cover is not really a spoiler because like that is the inciting incident of their entire fake dating relationship. It's not just she like goes to this guy she never talks to and is like, what if we fake dated? She is like, it just happens. And then she's stuck. I missed another important part of this book uh, that I don't know that I would have picked up on if you had not told me beforehand. But this is this is Kylo Ren, Rey Skywalker fan fiction (laughs) from Star Wars. This is. This is Raylo fanfic, um, and that is why a lot of people have beef with it, just because it is Raylo fanfiction, but I think that if you remove, remove that, aside from the fact that the main guy in it is named Adam, which is so funny, um... Like, I don't think that it makes that much of an effect on the book. I have read fanfiction that is, like, I don't know, like, college AUs, which is an alternate universe, Sam, if you don't know, um, where it is, like, a lot more like, oh, they literally... Well, let's be clear, I do not read Raylo fanfiction. Everyone, don't worry, I am not out here reading Raylo fanfiction. I also don't. I'd like to put that out there. But... Like, I have read, like, college AUs for other series that they literally just, like, superimposed a character from a fantasy novel, like, into a modern university and were like, yeah, this works. Whereas, like, this one is at least, like, a little bit more subtle. Yeah, I think in this case, like, it being Raylo fanfiction is probably more help to the author than to the reader. Like, it might help the reader, like, visualize the the characters and, like, how they look pretty easily but i i think it probably helped the author in that like she had these preset personality traits that she was able to pull from so i i agree like i don't think that um this being raylo fan fiction has a whole lot of bearing on the story it's so far flung from uh the setting of star wars it is so far flung from the setting of star wars it it is truly I think it, aside from the fact that Star Wars has magic, is perhaps a little more of a fantasy than Star Wars is. Like, in terms of, like, I don't know. I guess I'm trying to say the romances are unrealistic, but I'm not doing a very good job. Because one of the things that we have to talk about in this book... Guys, here's how I've split up the outline. I love to split up the outline in a fun way. And the two major ways we're splitting it up that are not our normal category of the perfect man and too many hands are themes slash plot points that are problematic but Tuck thinks are cute. And things slash plot points that are problematic and are not cute. So those are really our two major categories. And I think... I think the thing that we have to talk about with the bigger elephant in the room, I think, to me, rather than it being Raylo fan fiction, is the fact that he is a professor in the department that she's getting a PhD in. And the thing that I think is good is that they like double and triple check that there is not a conflict of interest. And because he is not on her committee, like technically there is no conflict of interest. But 
I have been speaking to my friend who is a person getting their master's in geology, and I've been getting an expert opinion. Everyone knows I love to consult an expert, and they were like, well, here's why it's actually bad. And the major point that I think that made sense to me, because I was like, well, they made it followed the rules. And if things follow the rules, then they're fine. But the major issue is not the legality of it, but the ethicality of it. And the lack of ethics here are the is is the fact that Adam dating Olive or fake dating Olive is basically on her resume. Like, Rachel sent me a text. My friend Rachel Smith is a geology student at the University of Iowa. Go Hawks. Um, <laughs> um, and they were basically like, Olive should just put it on her resume because the science community is not that large. Like, Rachel had professors in their master's program that when they studied abroad in New Zealand, their current professor's ex-wife was one of their professors in New Zealand. Like, the science community is not big. So for Olive to date, like, a hotshot, nationally renowned professor who is her, like, elder in the department is just going to, like, she will get jobs because of that. And she will get passed over for jobs because of that. And it's, like, not any statement on her science or her ability as a scientist, but, like... Even if it is legal, it is not ethical for him to do this. It is ruining Olive's career, even though they're pretending that it's not. Yeah. Um, the side I kind of come down on this, I would not have put this in the problematic but is cute category. Uh, I was pretty put off by the whole professor-grad student relationship in the same department. Like, And the what I wrote down here is like, there's two scenarios, both Olive and one of the side characters who starts hooking up with another professor from the same department. Like there's two scenarios where those characters are like, okay, we checked, we really checked. And this is not against the rules of the university, but like that is already a problem. You know, if, if you have to make your characters go to these great lengths to explain why their relationships are not problematic like there might be an issue there that is not going to be solved by like following the rules. This is a way outsized metaphor, but like an 18 year old can marry a 70 year old and like that is legal, but it's weird and it's not <laughs> cool. And it's like the same line of thinking that gets me with this, that keeps me from like fully signing off on it. Well, and that's something that I talked about with Rachel as well, is this is where we have to think about the difference between fiction and, like, things that are acceptable in real life. And, like, part of my worry about this being one of the most popular books of the year in 2021 is, like, some 18-year-old in college read this and then got in a relationship with her 25-year-old, 26-year-old TA and didn't think it was predatory. Yeah. Like, they were just like, oh, we're just like Adam and Olive, as if, like, he's not practically a pedophile. Like, 
that's that's my real issue with it is not that I don't think this book is cute and fun and pretty wholesome, but that like people without critical thinking skills who did not get comprehensive sex ed and good conversations from their parents about what a predatory relationship looks like or from their friends about what a predatory relationship looks like, like read this book, thought it was cute and then didn't think anything of their abusive relationship that came after. That's what worries me about this book. Yeah. And like, I I don't want to imply that like, if you read this book and you enjoyed it a lot and you were like able to put aside or like not worry about the, the grad student professor relationship, like that's fine. It's a fiction book. You know, maybe you had like a really hot professor in college and you're like 35 now and you're trying to relive that experience. There's nothing wrong with that. But like, this is not a book that I would, I would give to like anyone currently in college or about to go to college or to a professor. Frankly, I don't think you should be a professor reading this book. Yeah, I called Rachel on Friday night, mostly to get their expertise on Raylo because they are a Raylo hater. And they were like, well, I'm not doing anything on Saturday. I'll read it. And I texted them last night and was like, hey, how's it going? And they were like, Emily, I can't read this book. Like, it is so deeply uncomfortable to me as someone who is getting a higher education degree from, like, a major university in a science department. Like, this book is wrong for me. And, like, I thought that I would be able to look past it. And they said they could look back the Raylo, past the Raylo. So if you're worried about the Raylo part, they were like, yeah, this was different enough that it's fine. But the real issue for them was the teacher-student relationship of it all, even if he is not her teacher. Like, if you phrase it as teacher-student relationship, instead of, like, two grown-ups, both with, like, getting PhDs. Like, if you phrase it as teacher-student relationship, this is a problematic book. But if you don't phrase it that way, (laughs) then they follow the rules. Okay, other things that I think are probably problematic, but I think they're cute and kind of fun in this book. Um, So when they're fake dating, they go on these coffee dates once a week where they just like are seen together at the major campus Starbucks. And when Olive tries to pay for her own drink, Adam is like, no, 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 I'll get that for you. Like, I'm guessing your stipend hasn't gone up at all, and all is like, no, it hasn't. He's like, yeah, I'll get it for you. And she's like, oh, shit, really? And then she orders, like, 20 more dollars worth of food after he's agreed to pay for it. And you know what? That's a girl boss baller mentality. That is so rude. (laughs) It is really rude. Especially when this professor has graciously agreed to fake date. Like, at this point... Olive, I don't think, realizes that she, like, has feelings for him. But he's he's really helping her out. And to be like, oh, yeah, you're fake dating? Actually, yeah, let me, let me get, like, snacks for the next three days from this coffee shop. Like, way more food than I'm possibly going to eat during this 10-minute coffee date because you said that you're paying. I will say, I think you're being a little bit disingenuous because he is getting something out of it. He's That's getting two true. things out of it. One good pussy, and two... Not at this point. No. Well, that's yeah, not that's part true. of the but agreement. It was, that was explicitly a rule. I... No sex. That they set up at the beginning. 
Okay, I'm being disingenuous. But the thing <laughs> you're being disin- <laughs> the thing you're being disingenuous about is that he's not getting anything out of it because he is considered a flight risk by the university because he hasn't placed any ways to like tie himself down to Stanford. And so he needs to be dating someone with so that he can get his funds unfrozen. So she is doing something for him. Okay, that's fair. She's still being so rude. That's true, but honestly, take advantage of men. I think, as someone who is a woman, I think it's okay to take advantage of men sometimes. Men take advantage of women all the time. What's this extra $20 going to do to this hotshot professor? He's making good money on on patents, I'm sure. Yeah. Except you, Sam. Love you, Sam. No taking advantage of you. Equal partnership. No, I do appreciate that when I'm offered to pay for things, you do not immediately grab, like, four more things off the shelf. Oh my god. I think I would melt into the floor. Well, you'd be paying for it. That would make me, that would make me physically ill if I tried to do that. Yeah. But I am part of, proud of Olive for doing that because she is making no money. And possibly starving. It does not seem like her food situation at home is, is excellent. It does not. I will say, though, and we can just talk about this now, something that I really appreciate about this book is that a lot of things that happen in romance novels about food are like, oh, the woman isn't doing a good job of taking care of herself and she's not eating. And then the man, like, comes through and, like, makes sure she eats and checks on her and makes sure she's taking care of herself. And I'm not saying... That Sam sometimes doesn't have to say, hey, Emily, maybe you should have a snack. But, like, I am saying that, like, we're in a long-term relationship. And, like, in most of these romance novels, these people are not in long-term relationships. So, it is strange to me that these women are like, oh, yeah, I'm not eating to the point of collapse. And the only thing that, like, helped me get better at that was this coworker that I hate. He always makes sure I have a snack, even though he's so rude to me. That doesn't make sense. Whereas in this book, like, Olive, like, runs marathons and, like, moves her body and bikes around campus and eats and is, like, really normal about food. She doesn't have, like, a coded eating disorder or just, like, frankly not coded the way that it is in a lot of these romance novels that I think made me happy. Because sometimes you're reading and you're like, oh, we're doing this again. Great. She hasn't eaten anything all day. And that is not true of Olive. Yeah. The only thing I'll add to that is it it was nice after The Hating Game to read from the perspective of someone who, in most aspects, is pretty normal. Yeah. Like, so, so normal. Aside from the fact that she got involved in a fake dating plot. Okay. I'm trying to do these in order of the plot so we don't get too lost. So I feel like the the next problematic but I think are cute thing that we should talk about is um, all the sexual harassment of Adam that her best friend On makes her commit. So once she tells On that she's dating Adam, On is always being like, well, Olive, go over there and kiss your boyfriend. Like, I can wait. And then Olive has to go over to Adam and be like, I'm so sorry. Like, we have to kiss right now. 
because on is looking and adam is always like super normal about it and like oh i'm so chill it's fine because he has a huge crush on her but i get that that's problematic but that was some of the funnier like physical humor in this book yeah i didn't find it that problematic like it felt like adam always had a way out uh and could have stopped any of it and they both knowingly entered the fake dating you know like it's it's uncomfortable knowing what's behind it but it, it i really didn't bother me that much i think also think the sunscreen scene is very funny because on is like you have to put sunscreen on like it is bad for you if you don't put sunscreen on and then she puts like a full like like liquid cup of sunscreen into olive's hands and then when olive has too much on is like oh just go put it on your boyfriend like at the at the at the faculty picnic where he's like over there playing sports with his shirt off like you just go put that sunscreen on him like that frankly is good friend behavior she was like i am setting you up to be able to touch your man in public without people thinking it's inappropriate pda like everyone saw me gave you too much sunscreen yeah on unknowingly helping out the fake dating believability at all times yeah she's doing a great job (laughs) okay the last plot point that we find problematic and by we i mean me i wrote the outline mostly um so at the end olive goes to this restaurant to find Adam and is going to play the recording that she has of Tom Benton being like, well, you fucked Adam, so you'll fuck me if you want good time in my lab, basically. It's, like, really, like, graphic and inappropriate, and he is, like, genuinely cruel and horrific to her. And she gets it on recording on accident, and she goes to find Adam to play him the recording, and he is, of course, at a dinner with Tom and a bunch of Harvard deans. And she plays it for Adam, and Adam and Ben comes, Tom Benton, there we go, Tom comes over to be like, hey, Adam, what the fuck, you're supposed to be at this dinner, here's the recording, and tries to take Olive's phone, and Adam shoves him into the wall with one hand, because you have to remember it's Adam Driver, so he's huge. And I did think that was so sexy. I did. And I get that violence is bad. And that men committing violence against each other is bad. And so it is probably problematic. But that shit is hot. I don't know about problematic here again. I think that word gets thrown around a lot. Uh, Mm, What do you think it is? I don't know. That is, uh, I think in that scenario a response that is understandable, you know? So if a man told me that I was only getting a promotion because I opened my legs for the right person and you heard a recording of it, you would throw hands? Maybe. I don't know. I haven't really been in that situation. I don't think you'd find that situation sexy. No, I also think potentially, like, I would hit him. Yeah. Like, in the moment. Like, I don't really think that I would shut down the way that Olive shuts down when it's happening to her. Like, I think that I would, like, I would not have it within me to do anything besides, like, absolutely, like, lose my shit. 
in yeah. the moment. I think Olive's reaction is understandable that she doesn't want to talk about it. And she's she shuts down yeah. and I am not as much of a shutter downer as Olive is. Okay. Those are the pro- problematic ones that I think are cute. We are unfortunately going to move into plot points that are problematic and not cute. Or did we have any, like, actual problematic things, or did we move them another spot? I mean, I think I talked about the one that really gave me the ick, which is that it is a relationship between a grad student and professor in the same department, and that they have really kind of nickel and dimed their way into making it okay. I have a question for you on semantics. So is anyone with a bachelor's degree but does not have a PhD and is actively in school. So masters, people seeking masters and people seeking PhDs, those are both grad students. Correct. Yeah. I think that we need to call it teacher student to be really clear then, because if he was like a 32 year old professor and she was like 31 and had been in the program for like seven years and he had like just gotten a professorship like the year before, that gets way grayer for me, which is nickel and dimey. Then if, guys, Sam made me turn my camera on so that we could see each other, and Sam is making such a face at me. There's a reason that like, so many universities just, like, straight up have a rule, like, that you can't do this. It doesn't matter the situation, you know? You're not peers. I mean, you might be peers, but, like, the position that you hold is influenced by each other professionally in what is supposed to be a like very strict environment in terms of like this is what you have to do to get a phd or a master's this is what you are allowed to do as a professor you used the word strict and i'm gonna say the word safe Mm, yeah that creates a safe academic environment where people can ask questions and be flawed and learn without having to worry about whether or not like the person next to you is going home to talk shit to you to your like to the person you're asking questions of exactly yeah you know like there's well, an the, academic integrity as well there's the possibility of adam like i don't know that their characters would do this but part of why you don't want to see this happen is because the professor might take something out personally on a grad student because they have beef with the grad student that he's dating you know the just the fact that like adam and olive the fact that like adam is not on olive's uh panel or like teaching any of her classes or anything that's not that's not the piece that like makes it not okay it's part of it it would be worse if like he was on the the doctorate panel Let's switch to fun stuff to talk about. We've, we, guys, it's bad. Teacher-student relationships are bad. I don't know if you knew this. Okay, let's do a, let's do a quick run through on the things that are problematic and not any sort of cute. And these, to me, the first two, I'll just put them together, are problematic because they're a frustrating trope, and I think in this one, superfluous and not particularly well done. The super, the major superfluous p- 
plot line here is the miscommunication where Olive is telling her best friend she's in love with Adam, and Adam hears her, and Olive is like, uh, I was talking about someone else. Fuck off. Like, we could have just, like, never had Olive had that conversation. Like, it just, like, it didn't feel useful. It didn't feel necessary. There was so much else happening in this book that if you had cut that section... Like, if she had come to the realization she was in love with Adam and talked to her friend about it and he never heard it and she never had to lie, I don't think it would have changed anything in this book. Do you think it... I disagree. What? Yeah, this is like a main conflict point. I saw... There was a Goodreads comment that I saw that said, like, oh my god, if these two could just talk to each other, we could have cut 350 pages out of the book. That's the whole book. Like, that, it, there has to be conflict between them so that the relationship but can Olive grow. But Olive can just have internal conflict. She can just struggle with I her I don't want to read about her internal conflict the whole time. Okay, Sam. I want to see... We... I don't... I don't just want to see the relationship build. It's got to it's got to be a little some ups and downs. Here's my thing though. And this is what you said to me when we were picking our third book since we're no longer doing the Haiti game. So really our fourth book. You said, "Oh my god, Emily, every single one of these books is exactly the same." So let me tell you, <laughs> as someone who has read so many of these books, this was not the best miscommunication plotline I have ever read, and she could have done it differently. If you're, they were already miscommunicating about whether or not they liked each other. They didn't also have to miscommunicate about Olive liking someone else. Does that make sense? Do you see the distinction there? Yeah, I think this is one we're going to have to agree to disagree on. I think that it added something. Oh my god. Okay. Okay. Okay, the other major trope that, like, comes through this book that I found frustrating, well, maybe not frustrating, but just, like, oh my god, it is, like, such a part of hateful co-worker romances, is all of being, like, oh, like, Adam literally says out loud, I think you're an extraordinary scientist and I think you're really special, and all of is, like, oh my god, he's really good at fake dating. They were in private. Like, no one was around. He was just giving her a compliment, and she's like, oh, wow, he might be kind of nice. This is crazy. And, like, doesn't think he's in love with her? And, like, that is in every single hateful coworker romance where he's, like, this, like, gummed-up guy who's kind of mean to her, and, like, she's like, oh, we're enemies at work. And then, turns out, he's just, like, being fucking normal. And she's like, oh, maybe he might have a heart. I don't know. Eh. Again, there there just simply is no book if they're both good at dating and communicating. Like, she, ha they have to be a little bit bad at it. It's the only way that you get, like, enough pages out of That's this. That's true. Also, I think that we should state clearly that Adam is not all uh, Olive's hateful coworker, but he is everyone else's hateful coworker. Like he is not cruel to Olive, but he is really, and as a Truman student, I can speak on this, obsessed with academic rigor and like 
he will be like, well, here's the thing. The reason I made them throw out half their thesis is they weren't doing a good enough job. Like, the way they were going about getting their data wasn't wasn't correct and wasn't scientifically accurate. And so I made them do it again, and they're mad at me. But he, like, has no ability to, like... I wonder if Adam's ever heard of the compliment sandwich. He actually... He, he talks about the compliment sandwich in the book. He, he calls it, like, an Oreo... He calls it, like, Oreo feedback or something. And he's like, yeah, I don't do that. Like, that's dumb. Why would I do that? We're all grown-ups, is basically what he says. Um, I'm a grown-up, and it makes me really sad when I don't get a compliment sandwich. People don't want to be yelled at. Like, most most people know that. The fact that he cannot understand that is is well, kind of shocking. And I'm a little fuzzy on whether or not he's actually yelling at people. Or if he is giving, like, concrete, direct, but not kind feedback, and people get upset with him, and that is when he is basically like, I have given you the feedback that you need, like, we're moving on from this. And that's where people find the frustration. Because direct and helpful feedback is a good thing, but feedback, I think... I guess we don't need to spend a lot of time talking about feedback because this man doesn't actually exist. But, like, direct and helpful feedback is a good thing, but feedback, like, like they're, they're, they are mutually exclusive and that feedback cannot be helpful if it is too cruel for people to be willing to accept. Yeah. The last thing I'll say on this is if everyone in your department thinks you're an asshole, you are an asshole. And I think that applies here. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Okay. Plot points that are not problematic. Guys, Olive is 5'8". She's the height of a normal woman. Which means that when Adam, because if it's Adam Driver, well, I need to Google how tall he's in, how tall he is. Because he's either 6'2 or 6'4". Um, I, I know that Jess will be listening to the pod and she will be yelling the height. Like, before I managed to say it out loud, he's 6'2", which is shocking. I think the reason we think Adam Driver is so tall is because his mouth is so big, so it feels like the rest of him should, like, match to scale. Um, But Adam Driver is 6'2", which means Olive is only six inches shorter than him. And Sam is six inches taller than me. And that's a great height for being a couple. Anything bigger than six inches in difference in height is too big. That that might be too broad of a statement, but yeah, Do you mean too like narrow? it is not a hating game. No, your broad statement that any any couple difference in height above six inches is bad. Oh, so so I was like too, that is too so too I wide was of a too statement. narrow. So maybe they can be eight inches apart. That's sorry. That's not what I'm saying. <laughs> Your generalization is too mm, sweeping. Okay. All right. Yeah. They are they are a normal enough height where it is not constantly being said or pointed out how great the difference in their height is. Although it is made probably every other page that they the author talks about how big Adam is. Every time that I read that I thought about that, like, really crazy, like, screen grab of Kylo Ren where Adam Driver's chest looks like it's, like, 
two feet wide <laughs> and then also He's like so wide. a foot thick. Like <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. That's what okay, I was Okay, glad picturing. we're on the same page there. Sam and I have the same fantasies about Adam Driver. That's what you were saying, right, babe? Yeah. <laughs> sure. Okay. Another trope that happens in this in this genre is that like it's very hateful coworker books are almost always grumpy sunshine where the man is really grumpy and the woman is like sunshiny. And we had another classic Adam never smiles, but when he does it transforms a room. And honestly, I eat that shit up. That shit is cute. Sam, Sam you yeah. have to stop nodding. <laughs> I'm saying yeah. I just I don't have anything to add to that. Like sure. It's it's a a good thing about him. I also something these books are obsessed with doing is having like a special secret half smile that is like only for the female protagonist. And I also think that shit is cute. Yeah. The corner of his mouth <laughs> drags up a little bit. Yeah, exactly. Like that sort of stuff. Like it's like a he yeah. can't stop himself from smiling. Whereas like whereas He's like everyone else is yeah. like capable. Although that is one of the things where he was, like, showing normal human emotion, and Olive was like, oh, he's acting kind of weird. Like, he's, like, smiling a little bit. As if he was, like, cap- incapable of experiencing joy. Like, that was one of the ones where I was like, Adam is acting normal. He's acting normal. And then, once again, I have plot points that are not problematic. Um... Adam throwing Tom into a wall. Yeah, I don't have anything else to add to that. Uh, the Goodreads, the Goodreads commenters seem to like that scene quite a bit. Me too. Um, and then the other plot point that is, I think, not problematic is our inciting incident for the fake dating. It's not like a lot of times fake dating inciting incidents are like, oh my god, I have to go to this wedding. Like half the time, it's a wedding. Where they're like, people can't know I'm sad, my parents need to think I'm happy, like, all of this stuff. And, like, all Olive really wants is for her friend to go on a date with this guy that her friend really likes. Like, I think... Yeah, I actually, I really appreciated that Olive was, like, maintaining normal, friendly relationships with people. It made her a lot more relatable. Um, that she, like, had supportive friends that she cared about and cared about her. Yes. And, like, a lot of romance novels love to be, like, this woman is having a hard time and has no friends. And I think it is good to, like, see a character who is having a hard time and has friends. Because that's most of us. Yeah. And even even Adam has yeah. friends. You know? Holden is, like, a very good friend. Um and supportive and they've been friends for a long time it was nice that adam was not just like this monolith of bad emotions that like absolutely no one wanted to be around you know people in a professional setting like did not want to interact with him he did not know how to socially navigate that space uh but like you can see that in his private life both in the way that he treats holden and in the way that he treats olive that he he does like understand how to be sociable and nice and caring about other people. Which is good. Okay. Um, Two things in this book that are straight up good. Olive is an actual good scientist. Like, she's at Stanford on her own merit. 
And then also, she doesn't lose her Title IX case. Like, no one tells her to, like, write off the shit that happens to her with Thomas Benton. Like, everyone is like, oh, we will be reporting this and we will get this taken care of. And then it does get taken care of. Like, that is good. Do I think that would happen in real life? No, not really. But, like, fiction is a little bit of fantasy for people. Yeah, it would have been really disappointing for this book to end without that being resolved. Yeah, and it is, like, kind of resolved. Because, like, frankly, the dean of the Harvard Biology Department could have said to Adam, oh, yeah, I'll fire Tom. Wink. And then, like, not actually (laughs) fired him and just, like, shunted him to a different lab and been like, no, no, he's gone. Because, like, that happens in academia, too. Where they're like, hey, why don't you take a, why don't you take a, um, what's the word for when you stop being a professor for a year to work on, like, writing a book? Sabbatical. Yeah, like, really, what universities would have done would have, like, put, like, put this man on a sabbatical and then let him come back with no consequences. Yeah. Okay. You want to nitpick really quick? Yeah, we can get through these pretty quick. All right. I want to, I want to start with my, my nitpick, okay. which is that early on in the book, Olive is a runner. She like, I think played some high school sport. I think she like ran track or something, uh, but she uses the phrase sports ball. And that is just like one of my most intense pet peeves is when people say sports ball it is just like so dismissive of this wildly popular thing that people have emotional ties to and frankly she should know better here's the thing guys i cried reading olympic fan fiction this week like (laughs) to call things to like it is it is a pick me both directions it is a pick me it is pick me behavior to like know the entire roster of all the Cardinals people and all the Cardinals people. Yeah, that's a great way to phrase it. It would But I'm not throwing that out. No, like I'm, I'm not making if, I'm not talking I'm about I'm saying that. if I knew the entire Cardinals roster, first name, last name, mm. and number and was like single and at a bar, like I see. Okay. Like yeah. that is pick me behavior. But it is also pick me to behavior to be like, oh, sports ball? Like, that's dumb. You fucking know what baseball is. You know what football is. Like, we don't have to act like that. Yeah. Okay. My major nitpick with Olive is that she eats cream cheese bagels with ketchup on them. And she says, it's good. That's real. I think that that could be, I think that that could be a Canadian thing. Canadians like ketchup chips. Have you ever had? So, I don't, maybe... Have you ever had a an all sauce chip or whatever it's called? No. They fucking from lay. all sauce. No, they're Lay's. They're a specific type of Lay's chip, and they're like ketchup, mustard, something else. They bang. Okay, I believe ketchup chips are good. I'm just saying, I think that the whole ketchup fixation could be a, a Canadian mm-hmm. thing. Uh, all of is Canadian. Okay. Okay. Um, I also. I mean, my man, my general manager was telling me that he likes to eat, eat cottage cheese and ketchup, and they got really mad at me when I made fun of him for it. Um, but he just likes to get mad. So, like... <laughs> um, okay. The other things that we think that we have to talk about in this book that is 
bad, but also good. Allie Hazelwood wrote this book for me because Adam Driver gets shirtless and plays frisbee at a faculty picnic. But the way she describes it is that they're tackling each other. So I don't know if she's ever watched anyone play Ultimate because Ultimate is a non-contact sport. So like... Which is weird because she got she got the seven on seven right. She did. Which seven, 14 people at the faculty picnic. Also, how big is this picnic? Because they had to have been playing mini. No, it's seven on seven. I don't know. I'm not going to read into it too much. I, for clarification, must have missed the part where it said they were tackling each other. Because to me, the Frisbee section came off very normal. The way it came off not normal to me, I think is potentially, and I feel like you are a little bit of a frisbee, frisbee snob as well, whereas if it's like not sevens and with a correct defensive force and with like a legitimate offense, I'm kind of like, eh, I don't really know if I want to play. Yeah, I'm not playing at a faculty meeting. No, you... This is the same reason you didn't tell your hairdresser that you played frisbee. It's because it's too I don't... it's too much work to explain to like get people to understand to to bother with it. Like you let you let them play their pickup because you know you've got practice later that week anyway. Like Yeah. Before anyone makes fun of me for not telling my my hairdresser that I don't play Ultimate Frisbee, Emily, how was your last haircut in how did it go talking about Ultimate Frisbee? Look, I shouldn't have done it. However, <laughs> Sam told me I couldn't go to his hairdresser <laughs> because it, no one could keep the lies straight about what he does for his hobbies except for him. Because Sam has lied so much to this poor woman because he does not want to explain what Ultimate Frisbee is that I'm not allowed to go there. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I have also stopped going there, so I don't need to keep the lies up, but it did get pretty extensive as far as like describing how Emily and I knew each other and like what we do with our free time together. What was the worst lie you told? What was one of the lies I no, told? No, what was the worst lie you told about how we spend time together? I mean, I say like we work out together, which is sometimes true. And it's kind of what Frisbee is. Uh, she thinks that I run a lot and that I lift a lot. Also both true. Um, but yeah, she definitely thinks that like we know each other through mutual friends. Oh, well, yeah. Are those mutual friends our grandparents? Who are not mutual friends. That's true. And Iowa enemies. Um, okay. Guys, we're moving on to the perfect man. Which is the section in the podcast where we talk about how toxic... Or potentially not toxic, the love interest is. Um, I really like Adam. Like, I think he has definite flaws, but, like, as a romantic partner, I think he's honestly pretty solid. Yeah, my only big complaint about Adam is that he is a professor dating a grad student in his department. Oh, just that? Um, just I also think that he would be annoying to be around. What I have written down here is Adam is extremely Reddit. Like, he fits some of those Reddit stereotypes a little bit. When all of his drinking pumpkin spice, he's like, oh my god, why would you drink that? It's disgusting. Like, uh, pumpkin spice. Which, people, that's annoying behavior. 
he can't understand why he should be empathetic as a mentor. He's just like kind of mean to people because he doesn't like under understand why he shouldn't be mean to them. And uh, right at the end, he also quotes The Office. He says like how the turntables. Sam, I say um, how the turntables. Moza. I say how the turntables. It's quoting The Office, babe. Well, I've never seen The Office. I came up with it myself. Okay, well, I think Adam probably has. Uh, <laughs> also, guys, I know I, I did know. not come up with that myself. The The big one for me is, like, just, like, just disparaging what someone else is eating or drinking to the level that he does it is really obnoxious behavior. No one wants to be told that, like, what they're eating is not appealing. Olive does not have an eating disorder. Do not give her one. Like, don't talk about what your girlfriend is eating. Don't talk about what yeah. your boyfriend and is eating. You know what? He's like, there's not even any pumpkin in it. It's pumpkin spice. It's never been pumpkin. That one's on him. Wait, it's delicious. Sam, wait, it's what? Good. What? It's pumpkin, pumpkin spice. spice. It's the latte? spices. But doesn't it taste kind of pumpkiny? It tastes like pumpkin pie because they just use the spices that you would put in pumpkin pie. But it doesn't. It doesn't. Pumpkin spice the, taste like pumpkin. They're the pumpkin spices. It's not like garlic salt where there's garlic in it. I'm pretty sure. Places might do it differently, but I, I think in most cases, pumpkin spice doesn't have pumpkin in it. I wish everyone could see the face <laughs> that Emily's making right now. This is worse than when I figured out the Trojan War wasn't real. Okay. Here, here is my... Okay, we'll go through my pros, because I have a pretty legitimate con that isn't just a teacher-student relationship. Adam can probably throw a flick at least 15 yards with good accuracy. Um, he's funny. Like, when she kisses him, like, right at the beginning, he immediately is like, well, I'm going to write, I know, I'm going to write this all down in my Title IX complaint, so don't worry about it. Like, being very funny. That was a funny joke to make. Um, again, reiterating, he does throw Tom into a wall. And, uh, he's hot. So those are the things that are good. Here is the thing that I think is a real legitimate flaw besides the teacher-student relationship. He has had a crush on her for multiple years, and I think it is deeply manipulative of him to agree to fake date Olive when he knows that he, like, has a huge crush on her. Ask her out. Like, I get yeah, it that like that gets said, rid of this... the book, but, like, that... <laughs> right. I think that, like, he potentially is taking advantage of olive for needing his help like yeah that's fair it it feels kind of icky to me if you look at it too closely you're like oh like yeah and for all that i was it's it's easy to make fun of the more annoying aspects of adam's personality but he seems like a good he seems like a good guy i'm not upset with him in this book really like He's got some flaws, but overall he seems like a good love interest. There's not that much to complain about if you're able to look past the like being a professor part. So where are we where are we putting him on like a scale of zero percent toxic to Achilles? Is Achilles really toxic? Sam! It's been a while just, since I listened to that. Sam, you just outed yourself as not listening to the pod. 
I listened to some of the pod. Oh my god, you guys heard it here first. Sam is not a good boyfriend. Just kidding. He is reading four hateful coworker romances this month. That is so brave and loving of him. However, yes, Achilles is extremely toxic. Thank you for asking, babe. Okay, in my opinion, if I was grading him on in real life toxicity, like if this was a real guy, he'd, he'd be pretty toxic. I, I frown on this kind of relationship. How do you feel about him in a fictional sense? He's mostly fine. Okay. You know, if this is a world where like those problems are not big deals, he's he's not that toxic. He's like a bad communicator. I hope he gets better at that. Uh, but otherwise, he's he's not really that toxic. Well, and he's a he's helpful. He's caring. He's a bad communicator about his feelings, but he's also a bad communicator. That man is out there letting his phone die, and you know that if he like gets really in depth on an experiment, like Olive will not hear from that man for like forty eight hours. Olive is just like leaving her phone at home. Both of them just never have their phone, and that, to me, is perhaps <laughs> the least relatable part of this book. You know, I would never do that shit. Yeah, she's like, and four hours later, I realized I must have left my phone at home. Like, what? What is this book set? It's like 2020. They, like, also, she has to check her emails. Yeah, I, I don't know. That part was kind of funny to me. Okay, guys, we're moving past the perfect man and we're moving into too many hands. This book is our first legitimate too many hands book. And we have to talk about the entire breast in the room. Yeah, there is a a line in this book where Adam uh, takes Olive's whole breast in his mouth. (laughs) And it is written like that. It says like, her entire breast. And okay. all of us, like, stoked about it. And <laughs> I have to tell you, I would be so confused. That would confuse me. Yeah. Honestly, the sex scenes are pretty normal. There's not a whole lot to, like, say about them. If that is what you like reading. Um, there's not much to complain about, but this, this line specifically kind of stands out as a, well, did he really, or did it just feel like it? Everyone, everyone that I have told that line to has then made a face at me. Like they're like a goldfish, like trying to like catch a bubble. (laughs) (laughs) Like, like, oh my God. Yeah. That would, that, no. Um, Nowhere else in the book is it more clear that this is Adam Driver <laughs> with his big, big mouth. A huge mouth. Oh my god. He also, I would say, like, this is pretty well written besides that part, but that part and the other part that is not good, like, really, really, really take took me out of it. And the other part that really took me out of it was the fact that, so... They do get two beds, but Olive forgets to pack pajamas. Um, So that's where we end up with, like, more of, like, tropey stuff at the science conference. And 
Adam is like, oh, you can borrow my t-shirt. And so she, like, grabs a shower. And because he's so huge, it's basically like a nightgown on her. And you know what else she puts on? What does she put on, Sam? Uh, She puts on unicorn long socks. You have here on the outline knee socks. Which means they they go go up to her knees. Yeah, they call them knee socks. Okay. And guys, the unicorn socks stay on during sex. Olive stays strapped. And then afterwards, she's like, oh, yeah, like, some people say they're kind of weird about socks during sex, but you didn't seem that worried about it. Okay, people are weird about ankle socks during sex. That shouldn't be a big deal. Your sparkly unicorn socks up to your knee? You should feel weird about that. I'm sorry, I am shaming you for that. He might have been a little bit distracted to worry about it. That's true, because he'd had the hots for her for years, and he was finally getting to have his hands on her. Also, the man is a scientist. And at her core, Olive is also a scientist. And studies have shown, I don't know how reputable they are, that couples that wear socks during sex are more likely to orgasm. Sam, so maybe Sam, you told me that like two weeks ago and I made you Google it and you said that it was not reputable. You are telling lies on the podcast. No one can I'm just see saying, the face you're making. I I don't think this is that weird. Whatever. I'm not going to, I'm okay. I'm not going to out anyone by name, but anecdotally, I do know a man with a thing for thigh highs. And maybe Who are Adam you talking has, about? I just told you, I'm not going to out them. Okay, can you out them after the pod? I'm fascinated to know. No, the listeners are going to feel left out if I tell you and not them. So. Oh my god. Uh, subscribe to the Patreon if you want to hear me <laughs> to tell you who I know that likes thigh highs. <laughs> Guys, I don't have a Patreon. I can barely edit one episode a week. <laughs> um... I don't know. I thought that was a weird detail to leave in. I was like, oh, she's quirky. This whole this whole book is about women in STEM. Of course she's quirky. Like, we didn't need her to be yeah, quirkier. I, I just don't think this is that weird. It's whatever. But the actual smut itself, aside from those two things, pretty normal. He's pretty stoked to be going down on Olive, which is proof that this book is for women. And also, yeah. like... I think that Elliot Hazelwood and like handles a Olive can only handle like feel romantic connection and like sexual attraction towards someone she's romantically attracted to, like with a lot of gentleness, which I think is good because I think a lot of romance novels are really just like, oh, I saw a hot dude and I was immediately really horny. So I thought it was nice for Allie to really, like, build throughout the story that, like, Olive and Adam care for each other and like each other a lot. And then that eventually leads to sex being added to their relationship, which I think is nice. Because a lot of romance novels are just, like, and then they were overcome with lust immediately. And, like, that doesn't happen here. And I think that was good. Yeah. Like, it was, like, a lot more realistic depiction of sex than just, like, Olive is, like, immediately squirting after, like, 30 seconds. <laughs> yeah. She does pass the fuck out, like, 30 seconds after. Speaking of things we have to cut out, here we can record our... Do you, do you want to tell your sister to maybe skip this part of the pod? I, I don't go that in-depth with anything here. I think it's probably fine. Okay, Claire, you can listen to the pod. Don't worry. 
<laughs> but also, okay. I think that might be what we have. Oh, Goodreads! Can I, can, yeah, I was going to say, I have a really good Goodreads comment to read here. Yeah, and I then, then I have a couple of short quickies. Okay. By a couple, do you mean two, or do you have more than that? Mm, you get going. I'll see what I have. Okay. I'm not going to read the first part of this Goodreads comment, because it's, it's pretty long, and I think you're going to get the idea of what it's trying to get across here. Um, overall, this book had me trembling, gasping for oxygen, sweating through my hairline, weak in the MFing knees, and pinned down to the ground. I had so much fun reading this. It had my attention from cover to cover. Ain't no one doing it out here like Queen Allie Hazelwood. Allie deserves the world for birthing this. She fucking delivered, and then the hand clap emoji. She deserves to get her kitty cat meow meow eaten out from the front to the back, up and down, side to side, in and around. She deserves the world. This is yet another book that hit me from the back, ate me out, and gave me a kiss on the forehead. Let's go. Uh, smiling de purple devil emoji. I think that it's really funny of her to be so horny about a romance book. Yeah, this. I don't think that this book elicited that kind of <laughs> response no, from me. Like, half the reviews on the website are reviews like this. Like, I have one that says... Did I devour this book, or did this book devour me? You got your pussy yeah, eaten by the love hypothesis? We got a lot of fans of Adam Driver in the Goodreads comments. That's what I'm reading. You're... I guess it would be foolish of me to ask you whether or not you, like, think it would be hot to get thrown around by Adam Driver. But, <laughs> 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 but I'll just text Lydia. Don't worry about it. Okay. That's what girlfriends are for. Do you think that Marriage Story is a sequel to this book? No. I think that Marriage Story is a very sad book about Noah Baumbach's first marriage. Oh, uh, is is there a book? I'm sorry, no. I think that Marriage Story is a very sad movie about Noah Baumbach's first marriage. It is a really sad movie. But Adam Driver isn't, and he is also kind of mean and antagonistic in that. Maybe that's his type. Um... For a book about science, there were some dubious physics at play. See, hero-fitting heroine's entire boob into mouth. This was cute, though. Heroin did hero irritate me at times, but I'm a curmudgeon when it comes to quirky heroines. She did stand up for herself at the end, though, and despite the aforementioned whole boob snafu, the sex was fire emoji. I think, I honestly think that reading this book... And I think a lot of romances are just proof that people are horny. Because, like, this is not, like, anything special in terms of smut. It just was, like, written well enough to not be poorly written. And it really didn't come across as a book that is just, like, trying to get the plot out of the way so it can get to the sex scene. Yes! That's a great point, Sam! Like, if you, if you want to be, if you want to be this horny on Goodreads, why not just read Ice Planet Barbarians? Sam, have you read Ice Planet Barbarians? I haven't, but I do like to, to all the listeners, one of my favorite activities is when we go to a bookstore, pointing out the Ice Planet Barbarians books and asking Emily if she's read them. And I want to be clear, I am not into non-consensual tentacle porn. So no, I have not read Ice Planet Barbarians. That's not really the way my bread is buttered. So, anywho, damn, I hope my boss doesn't listen to this episode. She said she was going to listen to the pod. <laughs> <laughs> Start her off in Mythma. Okay, Sam. Was this book good? Did this book make you feel good? 
put put yourself put yourself in some some lady shoes because I know that this book was not really for you. Um, <clears throat> I think this book was pretty well written. I think it is probably a good book. I think it would have made me feel a lot better if they were just like both two grad students or two professors. Um, I was just a little bit too taken out of it by the nature of their relationship uh, for this book to really make me feel good. Would you buy it? This is probably not the type of book I would buy in this genre. I would not feel if, if someone wanted me to buy this for them, like as a gift, I don't think I'd feel bad about that. That would be fine as long as they weren't like in college. So, so what you're hearing guys is Sam is going to get me the love hypothesis for my birthday. Because I would buy this book. I think it's cute. The one thing that I would say is I don't really buy a lot of romances because they are so a dime a dozen. Like, I don't really feel a need to own them. Um, Because if I can't get the love hypothesis at the library right away, I can get another book that is the exact same plot and, like, pretty much the same level of writing, like, that same day. Like, if I want to read a silly cartoon romance, I can get access to one. I, like, don't need to buy it. But I think this book is good. I think it's cute. I also think that if you are a woman in STEM and you see a friend in this situation, get them the fuck out of it. Do not do what Ahn is doing. Do not slather that man with sunscreen. Get your friend the fuck out. Oh oh my god, it was so much better than The Hating Game. Guys, The Hating Game is probably the worst book Sam has ever read. But I have read so much fanfiction that honestly, The Hating Game was like... Just mediocre. Yeah. Longtime listeners of uh, the English Majors pod will remember my intro where I say that this this podcast is going to declare whether a book sucks dick or rocks cock. The Hating Game sucks dick. It is so bad. Please do not under any circumstances read that book. Yeah, that's so fair. Um. Okay. This is when all my friends are English majors. You can follow us on Instagram at English Majors Pod. You can send us an email at EnglishMajorsPod at gmail.com. Please rate and read us a review. Please rate and write us a review on Apple Pods. You can rate us on Spotify. Thank you to my friend Rachel for reading four chapels, chapters of The Love Hypothesis and then writing me a little essay on Raylo and academic misconduct. Thank you to Bailey for running the social media. And next week, Sam and I are reading a book called The X-Talk. I don't know the author off the top of my head, but that's fine. And we'll see you next week. Bye!